and I'm glad that we're all here, and happy fall. Amen. I love this weather, beautiful weather, and get to see the leaves change. Uh, kind of wore my red for that idea, so uh, everybody's wearing different colors if you're into that, so that's great. All right, Genesis chapter number two. Are we okay? Amen. Everybody's okay. Genesis chapter number two and verse number 18. Uh, It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Not a helper, but a help. A counterpart that will make him complete. Man, and as a married man, I can testify to you, that is so true. I would not do it any other way. The Lord has led that I, I am not single and that I am married and I have four children, but uh, the children are just byproducts of what God gifted me with a wife. And, uh, man, I found a good thing, as the Bible says. Man, I, my life has been enhanced and it has been very good uh, to be with my wife, Elizabeth, and I, uh, I, I adore her and I cherish her. And I respect her for all that she does. And I could not do the things I'm doing without that dear woman. And so I appreciate her. And the truth I want to bring to you is, why did God see this need for a man not to be alone? And so may I bring that today, and the idea of this is, who is your community? All of us have a community, because it's innate in a man to not be alone. There's something inside of us that we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Even the people that desire to be away from mankind and be out there in the woods, they desire to be with something greater than themselves. And they find the woods would be that. They find that the grandeur of life and that the beauty of the scenery is what makes it for them, or the animals. Some people love animals. and Some people could care to be with other people, but they like to be with the animals. It's just part in us that we always desire to be with somebody. We're built for companionship. And God saw that. Nobody else saw that. God saw that. Let me read the verse again to you unless uh, we forget. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. And so let us pray and we'll continue this morning. Lord, we're glad that you saw this need and that you fulfilled this need with you yourself. You, told, you, you tell us you desire a relationship with us. And Lord, thank you for fulfilling some of the things that no others can. But then you gave us a gift of relationship. We are created to be relatable. And Lord, thank you for the gift of marriage and the gift of friendship and the gift of having children and the gift of having uncles and, and, and grandparents and so on and so forth, a family, a community. Lord, a choice people in our lives. Lord, that, uh, that have learned to love us and that we learn to love them. Lord, in this community that you have for us at Faith Bible Baptist Church, this local community that you have uh, gathered us, Lord, I pray that we would learn to love it that we would learn to work with it, that we would learn to build with it and reach a world that is lonely and is very much by themselves. Lord, bless us, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Being a Christian has been so fulfilling. 
knowing Christ have completed me. And it has been so good. And may I ask, there is no substitute for a relationship directly with God. And so when I say this community, I assume you already have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That has to be first and foremost. You need Jesus Christ. Then Jesus Christ brings a community of sanctified believers, or if they're not perfect, he's working in their life to get them perfect. I'd rather have that than someone that's left alone to their own devices. I'd rather have an all-knowing God that knows me intricately, my mind, my soul, and can discern the thoughts and intent of my heart working on me. I'd rather be with people that God's working on. I'd rather be with people where God's hand is upon than somebody that has no clue who God is. And so may I ask you, if you don't know Jesus Christ today, the best that we could do, those that know him, is to share you and to share him with you. He's, he's here. He is rich unto all that call upon him. He's liberal to give you forgiveness for the sins that you've committed, and he promised you to forgive your sins, the entirety of your sins. The sins you've done, the sins you currently do, the sins that you will do until your life is over. He said, I'll clean it. I'll wash it all away because I want to be with you. And God set us up to be with other people. That's the way it's done. Right from the beginning, the first man, God saw it was not good for him to be alone. And God made a help meet for him. And what a picture of that is for all of us. Seeking community. Uh, and we can find it in a lot of places. There's so many places to find community. May I ask though, if you don't belong to a local church, may you find that you could try us out. Please give us a chance. And be a part of us as we do something greater than any one of us can do ourselves. Be a part of this work. Let us see the kingdom of God uh, furthered. Let's see the gospel furthered. Let's see us change to a better person because we learn to be a part of community. And we learn what it is to cooperate. We learn what it is to work together as the song fitly sang today. It'll sound kind of crazy a little bit. You know, part of the song kind of a little crazy a little bit. And sometimes that's the way it is. But then it wraps it up and brings it back together on the chorus. Work together in cooperation. And God wants to cooperate with us, and God wants to work with us, and God has provided all the ways. He had done all the hard work that things that separated us from him, he had abolished so that we can stand right next to him. That is amazing what we have in God. We are made, and we need to have community. Look at Ecclesiastes 4, verse number 9 to 12. For the sake of time, I have my notes, so I'm going to read my Bible verses that I've written down on my notes. It's all in the Scripture. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward... For their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. 
But woe to him that is alone. This is not talking about husband and wife, although this is used a lot of times in marriages. In a marriage, in a wedding I did, the last wedding I did was Brother Jake and Miss Lori. We actually read this passage. But this is not talking about marriage in itself, although that can be applied. And just like we're applying Genesis 2, it is applied to the human need to be with someone. To be with someone. And two better than one. Look at verse 10. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. The idea of fellowship comes in. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he had not another to help him up. It's good for sanctification. We'll find that later in our points here. Verse 11, again, if two lie together, then they have heat. And how can one be warm alone? And I've seen this practice to save a life of somebody that might have fallen into a frozen lake or a frozen pond that they would... Uh, for the sake of, I don't want to make it graphic, they, they, they have body heat. They, they go together and provide body heat through that to save that individual. All right? But how can, wa- can one be warm alone? And in this world, when the love of many wax cold, you need somebody to warm you up. You need somebody to warm you up. Your Christianity is getting to a point of, it is like February in Buffalo. You need a sauna somewhere and warm it up. If you are getting cold in your love for the Lord, you need somebody to warm you up. And how can you warm yourself, the Bible says, if you're alone? Who wants to be alone? To be honest, those people that care not to be with others is simply because of the annoyance that others bring in their life. Really, that's the case. Most of the time, most people put a no trespassing sign because they don't want to be bothered by shenanigans and and, uh, don't call me just to sell something that doesn't work just to get my money. It's all that. And it's the annoyances that, that we should reject. We don't want any of those. I don't want to be wanting all those things. But don't refuse, don't refuse genuine fellowship. Don't refuse that when somebody means well. When somebody really puts their heart into wanting to know you and be a part of your life. Please don't refuse that. Don't have to throw the, uh, the baby with the bathwater there. I know people can be annoying, but men, the greatest memories I have are with other people. The greatest memories I've ever had and celebrate are with other people. And learn to love them, learn to deal with them, learn to work with them, learn to have peace with them. Learn, because we are built to have community. Look at this, verse 12. If one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. God has given us a mission, and we cannot do it alone. We need other people to help us get it done. Missions conference is coming, is in my mind, and I'm so glad that as a local church, we cannot get the job done to reach the entire world, but we have missionaries going to walk through these halls, 
going to walk through these doors. And we're going to sit down where they're sitting right now. And you're going to sit with them. And you're going to eat with them. You're going to get to know them. You're going to get to know some of their idiosyncrasy. You're going to get to know their high points. You're going to know their best. You're going to know some of those. And they're going to get the job done with you as you partner together and enter into their labor. And as they reach the world where God wants them to go, then we get part of the fruit is into our account. And we cannot get it done without each other. And God saw that in Genesis 2. The very first man he made, he said, it's not good that he is alone. I'll make somebody to complete him and help him in the journey. We must take personal responsibility now. Don't don't cop out now because others are working, so you just rally and... Uh, rally over their work, and you don't do any work, all right? That's not what God is saying. It's not promoting uh, 20% do the work, and at 80% just kind of glide through and let them do the hard work and then get all the accolades with them. That's not what God's promoting here. So we must be, uh, take personally, uh, personal responsibility for our individual actions. That's still there in Scripture. And one day, as we had Brother uh, Ingeseth gave us the judgment seat, all of us will stand alone. All right, there's some things that are done that way, alone. All right, I understand that. And so we have to stand alone and give an account of ourselves. All right, that has to happen because God works with us individually. But he has made us that we can work with somebody else. All right, so as we take personal responsibility for our individual actions, we are then encouraged as Christians to partner with other Christians to get the job done. And what are those things? Salvation, the soul winning, the visitation, witnessing, whatever you call it. The, the idea of getting the gospel to the next person involves us, all of us, to be partners together to get the job done. And the work of sanctification, in us getting better, in us being sharpened, we need other people in that work. So God is working to get people saved in this present time. He's working to either get people saved, and once they get saved, he puts them in discipleship. And in discipleship, they learn what it is to be like him in sanctification. And in those two work, guess what he uses? He wants us to partner with other people. He wants us to work with somebody else to get the job done. Look at Ephesians 4 and verse number 6. Ephesians 4 and verse number 16, I should say. Ephesians 4 and verse number 16. As you're turning there, I'm going to take a gulf of water. Ephesians 4 verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which Every joint supplied. You see the idea of principle here? Everybody has to do their job as God directs them and empowers them. As in the community, everybody has a part in the community. We don't have workers and others consumers. We all work together to get the job done. Everybody has a part. Bible's clear on that. And so that's what it tells us here. Every joint needs to be supplying something, all right? By that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure, here's another thing again, every part 
maketh increase of the body, now that's the whole, unto the edifying of itself in love. The gifts that God has given you is not for yourself alone, but it is to be exercised in the community so that it profits you and us, and so that us can grow. That's the idea. And the body of Jesus Christ, yes, it's made up of every individual, and it's every different part, but it's working at the same goal, and that is to grow. And that is to be better than yesterday. And that is to go further than we've ever done before. And so the community God made in this body. Jesus, the almighty God, chose not to do the work alone. How do I know that? Well, when he came and he started all these amazing things about salvation, when he came on earth, we're going to celebrate Christmas here pretty soon, and we celebrate his birth. He had a purpose for being born, and that is to die for the sins of mankind. But what did he do as he ministered in this earth? What did he do, guys? He picked 12 men to help him. Look at Matthew 10, verse 2 to 4. Jesus Christ exemplified this idea of working with somebody else. He could have done it alone. Is he not almighty? Was he not all-powerful? Was he not all-knowing? Did he need any of us? No, he did not. He could have done it alone, but he chose not to because he's true to his word. His word is true. And his thoughts and his ideas are here for us in the book. And he tells us to be a part of a community because he himself did just that. He chose 12 men. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, and. So Peter could not stand alone by himself. He needed an and. And James and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the publican. James, the son of Alphaeus and Lebanus, whose surname was Thaddeus. Verse number four. Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. May I say this, in loving people, there's always risk of betrayal. In loving people, there's always risks of betrayal. But there's also the glory of loyalty. The same token. It's the same approach. Jesus loved these men the same. Now, he knew Judas would betray him. He knew it before it happened. I know it because he talked to him as he's washing the disciples' feet. He looked right at him and said, I know you're going to betray me. But Jesus washed his feet nonetheless. And in loving people, I can't tell you it's going to be easy. And I'm going to tell you you're not going to get hurt. But there's the glory of you being with them. And doing some amazing things together. Pastor Cole has said it many times. Pastoring for 40 years, seeing churches planted, seeing men and women left and start other ministry. He said this, and I won't forget it. He said, I've never did it alone. I always had people with me. And as a new pastor, may I say, I believe the same principle. I cannot do it alone. And you've known, I've talked to you. I've asked for your help in a kind way. I need every one of us to do our part to get the job done. If Faith Bible Baptist Church is going to last another 10 years, for crying out loud, if Faith Bible Baptist Church is going to last this year, if Faith Bible Baptist Church is going to last this month, 
if Faith Bible Baptist Church is going to last this week, we need you. We need you to be in the community that God, you believe, set you here. I didn't force you to be a part of this church. You chose to be here. And because God told you to be here. That's the right reason. And if so, let's learn to work together. Because together we'll do a lot more than we can do by ourselves. Jesus said he turned the world upside down through these men. Twelve men. How many do we have? I looked at our current membership, if you want to look at it that way. We're about 90 plus people. That's more than 12 men. If they turn the world upside down, we could too. Listen, if Jesus can turn the world upside down with 12 men, what can Jesus do with 90 plus people? He can turn the world upside down. I'm not worried about what's happening out in the world. I'm concerned and I'm alarmed and I'm, I'm hurt because I want to care for them. But my God is powerful. And if he has got you to be one point out there needing help to the point where you now have found some help, but we still need help, I understand. We're not perfect. There's the work of sanctification happening. Guess what? If he can get it done with you, with your help, he can help somebody else get in here. And there might be people sitting with you that God's going to use you to help. You know how this room is going to get filled up? You know when we have to say, oh, my, that church is not big enough? Is when all of us say, I have a community I love because Jesus is there, and I'm going to bring people in there. Because they're going to find Jesus, and they're going to find some people that are trying to love other people. I'm not saying we're perfect. Oh, I looked in the mirror. I'm not. If you're honest, you know we have failures. But God can solve all the failures if we have some humility, and he will fix all of it. And all we have to do is have faith in here and jump in and say, hey, brother, I'm going to work with you. Let's get something done together. Sister. I'm going to work with you. Let's get something done together. I'm not going to compete with you. I'm not going to be a pain on your neck, brother. I'm not going to be a pain just on purpose. I can be sarcastic, and that's fun. I love sarcasm. Have you seen our info chain lately? That is full of it. I don't even jump in there. I get in trouble. I get in trouble. Sam is doing a good job of that. He can stay there. (laughs) But this is where God put us. These are the people God says work with them. And so guess what? We can. We can. We're doing it. We're doing it. And we keep doing it. Right? Christ unifies, but sin separates. Christ unifies. His very person is attracting. It's just the way Christ is. He is to edify. He is to build. He does not destroy. Now, I'm going to give you some clarification because the Bible talks about separation. So you don't get confused now. I'm going to go dive into that now. But as a whole, why Christ is so against sin is simple. It's so simple, guys. Genesis 2 tells us, 3 tells us how simple it is. The reason why God is mad about sin is because it takes away you from him. That's the only reason. 
It's not for you not to have fun. That was not his idea of it. That's not all of that. The idea is the fact that if you chose sin, you're choosing not to be with him. And his heart breaks. And he says, no, because sin is a liar. Sin is a murderer. Sin is a thief. And it will rob you from anything good I can give you. And Jesus says, please don't choose that. Please choose me. That's all. That's all the idea of, 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 of why he uh, looks at sin. Sin seeks to divide and destroy. You know that Eve was tempted alone. Have you thought about that? Eve was tempted alone. Sin can get you alone. And I'll take away all of your help. Because it only seeks one thing. It's going to destroy you. It will destroy you. Oh, yeah, nobody knows. And guess what? I don't have to know. That's not my realm. I'm just a pastor. But God knows. God goes with you where I can't go. He goes to the grocery stores with you where I don't, I don't get paid enough to go with you. <laughs> he goes where I can't be. And my job is not to investigate every little thing you do. God is keeping a record of all of that. You have to answer to him. But let me warn you this. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me finish just before I get ahead of myself because I get confused and I'll get in trouble here. He was tempted alone. We are stronger together as a, as a couple, maybe as a married couple, as a friend, as a family, and as a church. Isaiah 59 two says, but your iniquities. So the idea of sin is a separator. That, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. God did not separate. Sin separated you. God had nothing to do with the temptation. And your sins, it's very clear, have hid his face from you that he will not hear. The only two times and reasons God separates, all the time he unites, he mediates, he justifies, he forgives, he edifies. All good things he's doing, building people together, uniting people together, mediating for problems so that it can be resolved. All the time, God's doing that work. The only time in Scripture that I see that he divides is two areas, and I'll give you that today. Number one, he wants us to be separate from the world. Why? Because that's where sin abides. Because sin destroys our unity in him. Sin is the enemy that can sometimes be within or without the community. In this church, if we allow sin in our personal lives to walk into this church, then sin will have rule in this community, and that sin will destroy this community. So there's a sin within, and the Bible warns us of that, and there's a sin without. And the world is where sin abides, because uh, God says... Uh, that they hate God because sin hates the Lord. Because sin is God's enemy and it is abolished. 
once and for all. At the end of the book, God says, there'll be no more sin. Hallelujah. No more enemy. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 18. I'm not turning my Bibles because I have it all in my notes, and I just want to go for the sake of time. Be not equally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion had light with darkness? And what conquered had Christ with Belial, or what part had he that believeth with an infidel, one that doesn't have faith? Verse 16. And what agreement can two walk together, lest they be agreed? All right. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. If that doesn't sound to you, the community that God wants, I don't know what else will make sense to you. He wants to be with his people he made. And sin robbed him of that. And he sent his son to die so that we can be redeemed and reconciled. That's how much it means to God, listen to this, to be with you. That's how much it means to God to be with you. In Christian, he's asking with the same spirit of love he has, and patience, and grace, and mercy, and truth, have the same love one to another. And so may I challenge you, if you have experienced that amazing love, May I challenge you, Christian, share it with somebody next to you. Share it with those you say you love. And go beyond that and love your enemies. Go. Go. Let's get it done. God gave us the power. God gave us the ability. We must work together. Whoever come out from among them and be ye separate, verse 17, say the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall buy me sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The only time Christ and God proclaims separation is he says, don't be with sin. Because sin is a destroyer. We cannot be with that. Because if we bring sin into the camp, We become selfish, self-centered, self-focused, all about ourselves. And when you leave somebody to themselves, they only bring shame because they destroy everything in their path. A drunkard is a selfish person. If could he realize there's people that he's hurting with his drinking, he would stop. A cheater, if he only realizes that there's a woman that loves him, and that he doesn't have to go out of his marriage to get that, he would stop. Sin in itself is selfish. It's all-consuming. That's why a lot of times it's done alone. It's done in the mind first. It's seeded in the mind, and then it's portrayed in action. And so, my friends, I'm challenging us Separate yourself from sin. Not because God doesn't want you to have joy, happiness, and fulfillment, and completeness. He knows when you go there, it's going to rob, steal. That's all it's going to do. 
where he promises you at his right hand, there is pleasure forevermore. He promises peace at passing. He has joy unspeakable. Come on, what else do you want? Man. Look at in within. That's without now. Look at within. The sin enemy within. Romans 16, 70 to 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which I have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, their selfishness, and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. That's why don't be simple with the truth of the word of God. Learn to be wise. Learn to love it. Learn to know what God's saying. But look at what it says. In the church house, those that sow division, those that are causing sin to be permeated and separation, there's no reason in Scripture that as a Christian that walks with God should separate from another Christian that walks with God. There is no Bible reason. It doesn't say, well, if you don't like what they like, don't be with them. It doesn't say that anywhere in Scripture. Our division in the church should never be because of our preferences and our likes and dislikes. It has to be rooted and founded in this book. The only reason I'm going to separate from you and I don't want to is if you choose sin. If you don't choose sin and I don't choose sin, then you're my brother and you're my sister. And let's get the job done. Am I clear? I think I am. It's not my business what you do in your personal life, but it's God's business. You might want to mind God in what you do personally because it will affect your community. And I'm not going to read it to you. You can read it on your own time. Number 16 is Korah. The Bible says the earth opened up and swallowed him and his family. And there was another two fellows in their families. Joshua 7, Achan. And they were stoned with stones. Not just Achan, but his entire family. So the pastor's job is not to mind what you do personally. That's up to you and God. But God has a way of reckoning. He gets wrong right. So I challenge every Christian, let's be right with God. Let's keep our account short. Let's keep it short. Man, you say something to somebody, go to God and say, man, I sinned, Lord. Forgive me for saying that to them. Lord, forgive me for having an attitude with them. Forgive me for gossiping about them. Forgive me for tearing down my sister. Forgive me for having envy. Forgive me for being jealous. Forgive me. Forgive me. Lord, keep me from sin. Keep this heart clean. That's what we should. Because your personal life affects this community. That's why I don't have to follow you at Walmart. Because God is following you at Walmart. We need community. I already said it. I'm not going to belabor the time for the work of salvation. Jesus picked 12 disciples. Look at Matthew 28, 19. And I've learned this 
uh, from a, a gentleman that came and taught us on Sunday, a uh, Saturday, on one of our men's breakfasts. Uh, Seely, I think. And he gave me this little flyer. When the Bible says ye, you, and that, it means plural. And then thine, thine, thou refers to singular. Look at what the verse says then now. That made sense now when you look at Matthew 28 and verse number 19, the Great Commission. Go ye, plural, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The same thought in Mark 16 and verse 15. Same thought. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, personally, I'm convinced that I am personally responsible to get the gospel. There's enough scripture to let me know that. But the Great Commission was given to a group of individuals. And they were told, go, all of you, go. And so may I refer that to us here in the community. Are you going? Go, all of us, go. All of us, go. Y'all in Texas, go. You guys in New York, go. All of us, go. And get the gospel to the next person. Don't be pointing fingers at each other. Just grab one another's hands and say, hey, you're not doing anything on Friday. I'm not doing it on Friday. Let's make some visits. And that's, that's just a thought to think about. What else? In the work of sanctification. The community is needed in the work of sanctification. Look at Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider one another. Let us forget about those people. Let's not even talk about them. I don't want to even think about them. Man, that is not from God. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. And here's a famous verse. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, and so much the more. As you see the day approaching, the day is coming. The day of the Lord is coming. Judgment is coming. Man, we need to get the word out there. We need to be together in exhorting one another. I need you to make me better. You need me to make you better. And we need each other to get the lost, the help they need. We need to give them Jesus. The work of salvation, the work of sanctification. Look at this. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. And he gave some apostles, plural, and some prophets, plural, and some evangelists, plural, and some pastors, plural, and some, no, he didn't say some, and teachers, plural. For what? Because you can do it alone. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Join us to get the job done. Don't divide and destroy. Unite and build. If you are lost today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. If I ask you this question, are you 100% sure without a shadow of a doubt that when your life is over on earth, you will spend eternity in heaven? If you say, I don't know, 
then you're lost. And if you're lost today, God offers you himself as a gift. And he said this, you are accepted in the beloved. He will no wise cast you out, those that come to him. My God is a welcoming God. My God says, come. Come. The only reason he says go is because for you to bring somebody else to come. That's the only reason he says go. So you can bring somebody else to come. He's all about come. Come here. I love you. I want you. I got things that are for you. Come. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Guys, if you're looking for acceptance, the world needs you to be famous. The world needs you to be full of money. The world needs you to be pretty. It just needs you to be pretty. The world needs you to sing. The world needs you to act a certain way. The world needs you to lose your dignity so that you can make them happy. What a lie. Ladies, I don't want to be an actress. I can't. I, I, I shouldn't. I'm a guy. And you give up. You give up. You give up so that others can sit back and get amused, amused by you. But at the end, they don't even know you. They don't even know you. When your money runs out, but I have a community with Jesus Christ, first of all, and then his people that he's brought into my life. And we're not perfect. Oh, my, we'll hurt you. We'll say some of the stupidest things sometimes. But by honesty, I'm telling you, we have a good church. And by honesty, we're just, we just sinners. We fail. But if you're looking for a community, you can belong. You can belong. Because Christ says we are accepted in the beloved. He loved us when we were unlovable. He loved us when we couldn't even love ourselves. He loved us. And he made a way. He made a way. Come, come, come. I like Pastor Alburn. He's my friend. I miss him. He said this. I quote him. I know he watches from time to time, and I want to encourage him. He's an encouragement to me. He's a great brother. We worked together in the Philippines for about five years at North Cebu. He said this. Christ died alone so that I will never be alone. Christ died alone so that you will never be alone. And Christ died alone so that we can never be alone. Sin is the enemy. Selfishness is the enemy. Discard of it. Follow after Christ with humility. And my goodness, we got a job to get done. 
join us. Let's get it done. Lord, bless our people. Bless, Lord, my friends and what I call brothers and sisters, if they're saved. Those that are lost, may they become our brother and sister to your work on the cross. Help us now as we come to a point of invitation. Help Pastor Cole as he brings forth uh, the invitation now in Jesus' name.